0: little bit of the time um, everything was relatively normal people got candles right. but very shortly the food stopped, the sales stopped, cars stopped Yep. Uh, people began running out of gas That's right. it turned into absolute anarchy, murderous I might add anarchy and it, very quickly and there had to be martial law uh, well uh, where possible now we are a nation of 260 million people Mm-hmm. and really the only thing that allows a law and order to reign is the basic respect of the massive uh, number of people that's right that's right for the law and if, if enough if enough of them turned against the law there could be no law enforcement there would be no law enforcement there would be anarchy there would be chaos and anarchy there's no doubt about it if you ever get a chance my wife just handed it to me it was called the trigger effect the trigger effect. Yes, and it was about exactly what you uh, were just discussing. Is it a book? Uh, it is a movie.
1: Oh, well, I see.
0: It is a movie. Um, west of the Rockies. You're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hello. Hello. This is uh, Ron from Vancouver. And and, uh, hi. And I just like like like
2: to say it's an honor talking to you, Father. Um, uh, actually, uh, the very first time you came on, uh, I forget when it was. If Months ago uh, was the very first time I started listening to Art Bell, and uh, uh, I've been an Art Bell fan ever since. Um, good, you. <laughs> yes, very good. And uh, I was wondering, um, this business about the cloning—I um, I really don't think
3: uh, there there would, um, if if they would clone, it wouldn't really
2: matter, uh, because um, didn't um, wasn't Christ truth. Um, power spiritual and then it
3: indeed come from God himself well well if yes, Christ Christ was go was God is God yes
4: uh, being the son of God he of God's word yeah it would be that's why I said to art that theoretically it sounds possible practically speaking he couldn't be cloned well you know? why 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 would all the um... unless God chose that
0: as the method now I, I just thought sort of idly what a great joke on the
4: scientists, but Yes, yeah, it would be. The, the only thing is that uh, the uh, Revelation, which we're supposed to accept, or uh, we do accept, says that Christ himself, the historical figure Christ, will return in his entirety on the last day for the final judgment. And not a clone, but himself, with that body and that blood and that divinity, which we receive in Holy Communion. Have you given much thought to how far off that day is?
0: Yes, I have. I, and I don't use the word far. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, we meet on a night uh, when when there is news of a, an exorcist uh, brutally murdered, when there's news of murders and suicides in the Vatican and yes. things that are just virtually unthinkable. I know. And I these, agree, these, right? these seem to be signs pointing of,
4: towards something. Of course they are. And the behavior of what we call El Nino is part and parcel of it all. And the earthquake in Japan, seven point something is- 7.7, Father. What's that? 7.7. 7.7, yes. Uh, I I consider that to be a part of of the signs, Uh, but we, as usual, we're going to wait until it hits over the head. Father, would you
0: be surprised to know that um, I have a, a very good friend in Australia who watches the um, uh, U.S. naval satellite maps of ocean temperatures very carefully. And six months, or even better, before this El Nino began to build, he told us it was coming. Now, the El Nino has just started to lessen, and I just spoke with him, and he said, guess what, there's uh, off the coast of Japan now even bigger heating going on indicating to him ...that there may be a larger El Nino building for this coming year.
4: My Lord, that is very, very... I'm going to retain that fact. I'm going to retain that fact. It's significant. Well, there are undeniable changes going
0: on. A 75-square-mile portion of the Larson B. ice shelf just broke off. Scientists, Mm -hmm. Scientists, yes, are saying that the entire ice shelf is now critically unstable... ...and they expect the entire thing... To fall
4: off shortly. Is this Ar- the Arctic Circle? antarctic huh. The Antarctic. Well, that 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 is very interesting. This I find it very relevant and interesting. Is, uh, you see, I, I think that all of us, without going to extremes, we all have a feeling that something huge is coming, is developing and coming. We don't know what it is. We're being sensible about it, you know, we're not getting hysterical, but there is something happening, there's no doubt about it. No, you live one day at a time, of course. You
0: do. You uh, do. And life goes on, but there is this building feeling of imminent
4: change. No, there's no doubt about it, and it's a malaise, really, deep down inside of us. It's a malaise. It's, a, it's an easy, queasy feeling, that we're we're sensing something which we can't name, and we're undergoing a change uh, and we don't know into what. We know what we were. We don't know where we're going. Uh, an, ending, an ending and a beginning. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a historic time to be alive and to be conscious. But when I think of my ancestors, my near ancestors, my father and mother, who were married in 1909 and who grew up in the Victorian era, my God, tranquility well, and the peacefulness and the unsurprised behavior of their world, you know.
0: Father, I have kept you up very late. I have one last hour of the program, uh, as usual, which you are welcome to, or you may slip into the uh, uh, the arms of Morpheus and grab some sleep. It's your choice at this point. Yes. What would you like to do? Oh, I will go on. You will go on? I will well, go on. Well, on my you... lines are going crazy, so a lot of people want to talk to you. What I'll try to do is devote the last hour as much as possible to the phones. Okay. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, my okay. guest is Father Malachi Martin from New York City. Which I love doing. <laughs> I and really love doing. And as long as I make sense, keep me on. Cut me off when I stop making sense. <laughs> uh-huh. uh. Uh, by the way, you sound uh, so very good. Um, uh, Bob Crane, uh, we had Bob Crane send you a telephone. and um, oh, oh I know, I got that lovely telephone. It's installed. Uh, I'm speaking on. What a difference it makes. All right, um, l- listen to this. Uh, hi, Art. Please tell Father uh, Malachi Martin... This is from a programmer in Arizona, Uh that the Y2K problem is all too real, no hoax, it's every bit as serious as he believes it is. If the problems had uh, begun to be addressed in the last few years, there might have been hope. Now, it's too late. Prepare Art, there is no better preparation than faith in Christ, Mm -hmm. from a programmer in Arizona. (sighs) It's very realistic. And very soon as well. Oh, yes, it's, it's around the corner, Art. All right, uh, this as well. Please ask the Father to tell us anything he can or he's willing to about the Prophecy of Fatima. The Prophecy of
4: Fatima, uh, without going into my background in this matter, um, the Prophecy of Fatima is not a pleasant document to read. Uh, there is not pleasant news. It implies. It doesn't make any sense unless we accept that there will be, or that there is in progress, a wholesale apostasy amongst clerics and laity in the Catholic Church, that the institutional organization of the Roman Catholic Church, that is the, the, the organization of parishes, dioceses, archbishops and bishops and cardinals and uh, the Roman bureaucracies and the chanceries throughout the world, um, unless that is totally disrupted, and rendered null and void, the third secret makes no sense. And number two, uh, the other salient characteristic about it is uh, that it means intense suffering. I don't know what the thir- believers. I don't know what the third secret is, Father. The third secret, Lucia, Sister Lucia, who is still alive, the th- only surviving child of the three Fatima children. She's 89 now. She lives in Coimbra, in the Carmelite convent in Spain. She was prevailed upon by her bishop to write down the third secret. Our Lady conveyed two secrets to the children. We know the first two, but the third secret, uh, uh, Lucia, since she was the only survivor, refused to tell anybody. And finally, the bishop said, look, uh, we're all getting on in age, sister, write it down, and we'll send it over to the pope. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, it's not destined for the pope, it's destined for the people. Well, he said, the Pope will tell the people about it. So she wrote it down, and uh, f- this is in the 30s, and then in the 50s it was conveyed over to Rome to Pius XII, Pope Pius Twelfth, and Cardinal Ottaviani, who was the head of the Holy Office of that time. They put it away because Lucia said that it shouldn't be opened except by the Pope in 1960, because the thing would be clear then. So it was opened by John the Twenty-Third in February 1960, and he proceeded to say that it wasn't true, it was unreliable, and the children didn't know what they were talking about. And Lucia didn't, because when she got this supposed secret from the Virgin, uh, she was illiterate, and she was under 10 years old, so she couldn't know what she was talking about. And John 23rd uh, then in his openings, Speech at the Vatican Council on uh, October 11, 1962 referred contemptuously to the three children as prophets of doom and said, we, we today, we don't, need, we don't need, have anything to do with these prophets of doom because uh, we are in a different age. And so he suppressed the secret. And, and, it, it, and it remains so today? It remains so today. And it's, uh, Paul VI read it, Pope Paul VI and did nothing about it. John Paul I read it and did nothing about it, but he only lived for 34 years as pope. And John Paul II has read it twice and has done nothing about it. He has spoken about it in public, but he has done nothing about it. And that's the status of the secret today. Um, do you do you do you know
0: what it is? Yes, but I'm under oath. Do you consider um, do you consider it to be the ravings of a uh, illiterate uh, child?
4: No, no. It's a very exact description of what is now happening and apparently what is going to happen shortly. But in cold hard terms, there's no there's no exaggeration. There's no use of adjectives or adverbs or anything like that. It's a blanket statement. Uh, a very factual thing, stated baldly, uh, with no adulteration, no flourishes, no purple patches. In other
0: it's words, they got exactly what they asked for. Yeah, it's a frightening document. It's very frightening. All right, I promise to go to the lines. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, this is Ron from Vancouver again. Hello, Ron. Hello, Ron. Oh, you were on earlier, Ron? i was uh you're only allowed one call per show my friend well can can you ask
2: the question that i that i what question is that uh is the sign in the sky that
0: father is supposed to see is that a sign of a sign of a cross well uh i think you're not going to get your answer um at least uh if i read his comments earlier you will know it when you see it In, in, in the meantime uh Relax. Uh (laughs) First time caller line. Yeah, there you are. First time caller line. You're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hello. Uh, Yes, Uh,
5: this is Eric in Houston. Hello, Eric. Uh, Yes, Uh, one quick comment and uh, then a a question. And uh, in in addition to the the mounting, I don't want to seem flip about it, but the mounting body count, uh, let's not forget the archbishop down in Guatemala that was assassinated. Oh, yes, let's not forget that. You're quite right. And uh, the other thing I have to say is you've spoken yeah, very early on, you spoke about a, secular, a secularizing tendency in the Vatican, and I'm just wondering if you're not looking at the past through sepia-colored glasses, Yeah. Uh, leaving aside the Borgia popes and all that. I mean, in the last hundred years, you know, there there was a sort of, uh, up until very recently, uh, kind of a cozy relationship in in with the church in Italy and the mafia. Mm. You had the relationship with the the Vatican and Mussolini uh, that established mm. the Vatican State in 1929, and then you had the fact of uh, the Vatican accused of running uh, Nazi war criminals on the on, on their way through to South America. Yes, yes. Would you care to comment?
4: Well, you you have sort of listed a series of uh, deficiencies of Vatican officials in the last uh, 30, 40, 50 years. Although I would not characterize uh, the relationship between Mussolini and the Vatican as in any terms loving. They hated each other, but they both profited. Mussolini wants the support of the Vatican. He was afraid the people would revolt against him. He wanted its approval. And the Vatican wanted to break out of its uh, closure and get its own sovereign state, which you got in 1939 only, through Mussolini. So, but, but with that restriction, though, sure, there were churchmen who provided the rat lines for the escaping Nazis. There's no doubt about that. How could that possibly have been justified? It wasn't uh, justified by, by, by money and ambition and stupidity and evil. And, and nobody's justifying it today at all. We how, all come how, how
0: then, Father, does that uh, separate the Vatican then or now from whatever else goes on in the world that we decry and worry, worry so about?
4: Well, it's something which uh, we hope will never happen again. There's no excuse for it. None whatever. And uh, I'm the first person to say it was wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, and that there's no excuse for it. It was a bad mistake by uh, churchmen uh, bent uh, ideologically and not with any love of Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse for that. Now, secularization I'm talking about, though, is where the, the behavior of Vatican officials doesn't differ from the behavior of the Dalai Lama or the Archbishop of Canterbury
0: hmm.
4: or the uh, Protestant monks of Taize. And uh, indeed, there is a great assimilation taking place. And yes. that is secularization. Besides, the the uh, the Pope appearing on the same stage as Bob Dylan, you know, uh, okay, yes. but uh, it's a funny situation. It's funny, funny. It's funny. A, uh, wild Card
0: Line, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Thanks for uh, holding me over here. All right, you're going to have to kind of yell at us. You're not too loud. Uh, where are you?
1: Okay, my name is Brad, and uh, I'm in Paulsboro, Washington. All right, I'm Brad, what's on your mind? Hi, Father Malachi. Hi. Uh, well, bear with an amenity. You've been a hero for uh, well since 1974.
4: Thank you very much. It's a very nice thing for a poor old guy like me to hear. <laughs> you must admit
1: art. Indeed. Uh, well, now to my question. Uh, I consider myself to be something of a seeker. And in recent years, I've uh, kind of stumbled across something uh, I've read through another scholar by the name uh, of, of Zachariah Sitchin. Yes. And uh, uh, he became uh, 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 such a center of attention for me that I went to the trouble of uh, trying to learn some of these uh, languages myself so I could read it in the original mm-hmm. and some of the things that I found <laughs> uh, reminded me a lot of what I was seeing in the Old Testament Yeah. and uh, am I uh, uh, practicing something that is akin to uh, apostasy here or what, what's going on with this am I seeing what I think I'm seeing or is, or, or is there a connection here you, you must tell us what you're seeing well well <laughs> Uh, I see the story of Abraham being told, but in a different uh, way. Father Abraham. A- and uh, I see it being told from the viewpoint of uh, someone who is uh, being visited by something that uh, may or may not be of this earth.
3: hmm
1: And uh, uh, treating with it as if it is a living thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, it causes me concern on the one hand, but on the other hand, I, I, as it is something that is written in clay. Yes. And something that is carried forward. Mm-hmm. I really don't see Mr. Splitfoot in
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I, actually, Brad. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm cautious in my, in my adhesion to it, but I, I, uh,. I don't see Mr. Spitfoot in his either. I'm just terribly cautious until I can get what we moderns call facts, you know. But uh, I agree with you. It's, uh, but it's. Uh, I'm very wary of it all because I want to be sure of the facts. That's all. All
0: right. Uh, uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hello. Uh, hello. Good morning. Good morning, Hi. sir. Where are you? I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Uh, this is might be
2: a frivolous question considering what's been talked about tonight, but you were, obviously you performed exorcisms and things like that. And I was just wondering if it was possible for an evil person to do the same to someone who believes in God. It is possible for a person who is possessed to what? To, you know, uh, perform something akin to an exorcism on someone who does believe in God. In other words where oh, in other words for evil hope. evil to corrupt a, a a a good person yeah in the way that you know you would exercise an evil spirit from a person could someone do the same take a good spirit from a a person
4: that uh, makes sense <laughs> yes it, it makes sense in the sense that i know of cases where somebody who whom everybody would have said lived with a good spirit with, was with the angels was with the heavenly. turned around,
0: yes. Why? you know, so many things seem possible that a casual observer and thinker of uh, our Lord just wouldn't imagine uh, to be possible. Little children condemned to hell by their parents who know how to do it in a voice. So here we go. Wildcard line, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hi.
2: Hello, Art. It's Steve from Vancouver, British Columbia. Hi, Steve. Yeah, I'm listening on CFUN. Yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, I just wanted to say Art, that radio doesn't get any better than this your show
0: tonight. <laughs> well, um yes, it it, it uh, I agree with you. Uh Father Martin, uh, thank you for
2: being you. Thank and you and thank you for bringing such comfort to me and so many other listeners in this time of stressful times. Thank you for saying that, sir. Um I I feel that so deeply. I I have a question. Yes, um can we as a conscious-feeling majority ameliorate the negative, devil influence scenario of today?
4: Yes, we can, by prayer, by fasting, and by having the grace of God in us. If we partake of the sacraments, we'll get that sanctifying grace, and we can mitigate it. The only restriction is that um, today there is no real coagulated community of believers Instead now we're broken up into small communities and it's usually one-on-one. That's our isolation today because uh, in every country you can find there are three components. There's the government, which is very important today in every country. Secondly, there's the business community. And thirdly, then there's a a gaggle of organizations, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, everything from Mothers Against uh, Drunk Driving, uh, over to the International Firemen's Association, and the various churches, including the Roman Catholic Church, and we're all in the public square uh, competing for men's attention. No longer is the church, or a church, or the church, no longer has any privileged position in our modern public square. In fact, in the Constitution of the United States, whatever, by Canada... The Supreme Court has said twice in the last four years that anybody who enters the public square in America with a religious ideology, he has no place. It has no place in the public square. It's a private matter. So that's the difference. But we can make a difference by having the grace of God and by our prayer and fasting. We can cast out devils. We can win, we can merit for other people, we can convert them by our prayers. Because that's what Jesus died for. That's why we have the saints and the angels. But well,
2: today is an uphill battle. I sure hope that we can, Father Martin, but it seems that there is such an insidious force. There is. Today is against us. I know that, I know that. And you have to be very strong. and, And the majority of the people Are good people they are why can we not um, purge this uh, negative influence from us well
4: you're asking me then that's a very concrete question really and it's this what has happened in the last 30 35 40 years Uh, what I think has happened the Roman Catholic Church of which I'm a priest and a, a, a faithful priest and I say it deliberately so that you would know I'm not in any sense rebelling against it I'm a part of it and I say my mass every morning and uh, do the usual things the priest does um, the, the fact is I think that once the church men of the Roman Catholic Church drifted into grave error after the Vatican Council I think Christ said okay you want to go that way? alright I'm not with you and he withdrew his grace and therefore we have this devastation of Catholic marriages, this devastation of Catholic religious orders, the major ones above all, Jesuits, Dominicans, Carmelites, uh, Holy Ghost Fathers, all devastated. And the lack of cohesive theological thinking and philosophical thinking in the church is, 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 is glaring and discouraging. Christ withdrew his grace, uh, and that was his decision in view of our infidelity, because our churchmen were unfaithful and are unfaithful to him. I think that's where we are, but we still can have his grace. We can receive his body and blood. And We can uh, protect, be protected by the angels and the saints. But now we're in a battle. There's a, a bloody battle going on. It, it seems that way. It does. It is that way. It is that way. And even even our Lord himself, the gentle Jesus, said if we didn't mitigate those times, even the just would not remain in faith.
2: But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it seem so unfair that the great majority of the people are good people? It does. Uh, we seem to have a minority it does. who are uh, putting this great scourge upon the earth. I know, I know, I know it
4: does seem that. And by the way, millions the Catholic Church now reckons it's a, it's a billion-plus membership, but millions of those have been led by the nose out of Catholicism into an apostasy, and they don't know it. But that happened in England from, 18, from 1529 on. Millions of uh, uh, English men and English women lived and died in grave error because of the leadership of a few men. Uh, I don't know. Uh, my friend from the Bronx always says that God has a funny sense of humor. And uh, this is not a sense of humor, but he has a way of treating things, and he, he, he deals with each individual soul delicately, tenderly, compassionately, but he deals with groups of people according to certain laws, and he always observes those laws. And that means that the innocent are punished with the, with the, with the, with the evil. Christ himself, on his way to Calvary, the women of Jerusalem who knew him and whose children he had cured and taught were weeping about him. And he said, don't cry for me. No, I'm just the greenwood. And look what they're doing to me. What do you think they're going to do to you? <laughs> you know.
2: all,
0: right, all right, caller? Thank you. Right. Thank I've... you very much indeed. Thank you. Um, here's something that I suppose we ought to consider, Father. Yes. Art, I am writing in advance of Malachi Martin's scheduled appearance on Tuesday morning yes. to convey some ideas to you on the subject of foreboding, to relate these ideas to statements that uh, Father Martin made during his last appearance on your program and to ask that you consider raising them with him yes. as they pertain to his experience at some point during the upcoming Tuesday morning appearance. I think in cases when people have a dark sense of foreboding, that something terrible is going to happen to the Earth or society as a whole, it's often because they are projecting scenarios occurring within their own psyches and personal lives out onto that um, world, seeing them unfold out there where they truly are not, rather than within the realm of their own personal lives where they are actually occurring.
4: That does happen. It's a true statement. Uh, of a lot of people. The only thing, Art, is that at an earlier point in this broadcast, you and I both agreed that the general feeling uh, was malaise. I do agree. Uh, I mean... I do agree. I don't think uh, I, this
0: is internalizing on my part or your uh, part. I, it's uh, a- absolutely real.
4: It, it's too general. If you read a sober journal like the Wall Street Journal, for instance, I mean, my God, you know, uh, no, all right, they're not pessimists. But their realism is very stark, you know. Very stark, yes. Very stark. It's, uh, or take the, take the normal big newspapers and the magazines. Uh, they, there are some Pollyannish people, you know. Everything the best for... And we have them in the Catholic Church, too. We have a man called Carl Keating who writes rapturously about the new evangelization. And there's nothing going on at all in the Catholic Church except decadence. Well, we have those people like Carl Keating and we've got to put up with them because they they feel happy that way. Uh, They do attack the rest of us. But, uh, no, I I, I take that criticism very, very well. Uh, We do incline to project things. But in this case, it's co-confirmed by millions of others that I do not feel it's subjective on my part. The last time,
0: uh, this is sort of a, a totally off the track question but the last time yes. the, the pope was traveling yes um there was rather extensive uh, coverage of it on cnn mm-hmm. and they had you as uh sort of a an advisor i guess a commentator and advisor that's right and uh, every time that they would start to go to you yes uh cnn would break away <laughs>
4: Yes, they would. It's very funny. We all noticed that. Uh, you noticed that too. Oh yes, we did. Uh, it
0: drove me out of
4: my mind. I know, <laughs> but the, the message uh, I had to give was something that didn't sit well with the, the 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 powers that be. Oh really? It didn't. Obviously it didn't, because I was interrupted. Um, but
0: I got I, the point across, all right. I see. Um, I'll be darned. Uh, first time caller line. You're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Where are you, please?
3: Hi, I am in Colorado. Colorado, okay, uh-huh. ma'am. Hi. Um, first of all, I just want to say, uh, Father Martin, I just you are very much a man with the spirit of God in you. I just cannot believe I. This is the first time I've ever heard you, and this is just it's just wonderful listening to you. Thank you, ma'am, well, very yeah. much. Oh well, you're very welcome. My God, um, I just have a question about Satan worship. Yes. Um. Well, this might sound kind of personal for me, but I think it might apply to a lot of other people out there that might be listening. Yes. Yes. Um, about six years ago, my sister and I started having memories of things that had happened to us when we were small children. Mm-hmm. We remembered going out in the desert. My parents took us there Yes. and it was out in the Mojave. Uh-huh. And there was like a ceremony with this leader. And I don't remember too much, because I don't let myself remember, uh-huh. but... Yes. What age were you? I was eight, so and she was probably six.
4: Was there the use of fire? Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: now that you bring it up. <laughs> uh, and what? Now that you bring it up, yeah. Yes. And was there any use of bones? Oh, I don't remember that, no. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But we both remembered specific details exactly you know both of us remember the same thing remember a baby being killed yeah and a woman upholding the baby yeah and
4: that was this this was satanist there's no doubt about that usually what they do is they they either ate or pardon my language it's repulsive to our minds Um, anyway they eventually arrived at having the baby's bones and they use that to make a certain type of not music but a certain type of sound which they interpret as the voice of Satan but it's always dead baby's bones
3: oh my that was Satanism um, are, you, are you a Christian? yeah, very much that has what has gotten me through a lot of things you know, Good. my belief that there is somebody watching over me and Good. whoever it might be, I don't know Yes. But I did, you
4: ever co- did you ever consider Catholicism?
3: Well, my ex-husband was a Catholic, and I used to go to Masses with him. Yes. But that got a little bit hard for me. Was it but the new Mass or the old Mass? Uh, new. Oh, oh, a new, mean. yeah. Well, that wasn't in Latin? Is that what you mean? Yes, that's right. Yeah. It well, that
4: got me down, too. I never went to it. But oh, no. <laughs> I, I always said the old Mass and never said anything else. But the new Mass would get me down anyway. But, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, without prolonging it too much, um, next time you're in prayer, ask our Lord Jesus to enlighten you and to give you strength and guidance, as he has up to
3: this. That was my question. How can I help myself to remember? Because I feel like I'm stuck. I wouldn't be intent on remembering so
4: much. Um, I would be intent on um, what I do now, As regards the worship of Jesus, who is God, and the cultivation of his angels, and um, seeking out some good priest, a good priest, and talking to him, and surely in Colorado we must find somebody.
3: Would they Um, believe me, though? What? Would they believe
4: me? If they're a good priest, they'll believe you, and they'll know what I know from what you say.
3: Because I have been to a couple of therapists and just mentioned this, you know, oh, about yeah. my past. Yeah. No, and they, they, they tried to turn it into something else. It was like they didn't believe me. I know, they don't. Yeah. Do you, you know the difficulty is this?
4: It's not therapy you need. It's healing. It does a big difference. Therapy consists of uh, a mixture of conversation and logic and pharmacology.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm,
4: yeah. And that's therapy, but that, on. Uh But it doesn't heal the soul. Only the grace of our Lord Jesus does that.
3: You're making me cry. (laughs) Well, that's clear,
4: though. Tears are very, very salvific, darling. Uh huh. Don't be afraid of them. But evidently Christ has touched your heart. And if you pray, he will send you a good priest.
3: Well, thank you very much. God bless you, ma'am. And I hope you have helped other people out there, too. Please, God. You take care, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Father Martin,
0: um, the last time you were on, we gave out your address. Yes. And you got got, got too much mail.
4: No, no, I didn't. You didn't? No, no, I got a lot of mail, (laughs) but we're getting through it all. And, um, you see, it's unfair if people can't write at least a short letter explaining what's on their minds, provided they all realize that sometimes it takes a long time to get out answers, even short answers. But there's a desire to answer every problem, every question put.
0: All right. Father Malachi Martin, obviously. Uh, What is the address?
4: 217 East 66th Street, New York, New York, 10021. Okay.
0: uh, Let me see if I've got that straight. Father Malachi Martin, 217 East 66th Street, New York, New York, 10021 that's right and uh everybody please uh do understand that there's a lot of correspondence that is coming his way so you will get an answer but it will take time as all good things do east of the rockies you're on the air with father malachi martin hello yard i'm glad you have father on thank you my favorite kid thank you death. very much father um couple one two questions one from the past and one from the present yes um during the time, St. Paul was talking about, uh, people were talking about the end times. Yes, I'm And right. people were selling all their property and giving everything away. And he said, that's very bad. You should uh-huh. stand up right now. That's right. And can't that be used right now by the powers to be, to make people give up? And in terms of the end times, wasn't in Acts, Peter coming out and saying that the end times are now. And he was talking about great portents in the earth. And then in Acts 3... Christ must make his dwelling in heaven until all time, all the earth is made anew, meaning that all earth is made under Christian Christian That's right. That's right. Could you comment on that? And I wanted to ask. Well, you,
4: you you Well, by merely repeating those words, sir, to my mind, you've said it all. You've really done it. There's no doubt about it. That, but when Art and I talk, we're talking about the fact that today... Uh, there is something else taking place, which is apocalyptic in that sense. It's part of the end times. It's the emergence of a world you and I don't know, because I guess from your voice that we belong to the same generation, um, more or less, uh, same cultural generation, same political generation, really.
0: Well, it is not only end times, Father, but it's uh, end times for my program. <laughs> We're, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, we are flat out of time. We are uh, flat out of time. Flat out of time, uh, at least for this round. Uh, but uh, one, one thing is for sure, and that is, uh, God willing, you'll be back, and I'll have you back. Former Jesuit professor at the Vatican's Pontifical Biblical Institute is the author of such widely acclaimed national bestsellers, as the final conclave, Vatican, the Jesuits, the keys of this blood, Um, the most recent of his books, actually that's not quite true, Uh, long acknowledged uh, as the premier authority on the subject of possession and exorcism. Malachi Martin is justly celebrated as a, quote, writer of fiery brilliance, end quote, that was the Detroit News, whose, quote, work catches the light like rare Waterford Crystal.